Hello and welcome to the Christmas edition of Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I want to take this opportunity to just look back at 2020 and then see what we can look forward to in 2021. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. You know, 2020 was supposed to be this banner year that really brought clarity. You know, we were all looking at the eyesight perspective and and thinking that, oh, this was going to be a great year for bringing clarity into our lives and seeing where, you know, we should put our ministry efforts and um, what should we change and how, how things could go differently. And I think God brought a lot of clarity, but I'm not sure it was exactly the clarity that we thought. So we're going to talk about three things that I discovered this year and see if maybe these three things resonate with you as well. So number one, in America, we really worship entertainment. It is definitely an idol that is ever present in our lives. So how often throughout the day are you picking up a phone, you're turning on your laptop or your tablet or your iPad or whatever? I mean, first of all, we all have so many different devices and we rarely let ourselves just be still. Rarely do we just go to a place of rest. If we have five or ten minutes, mostly we're on our phones or we're on our tablets or our iPads. We're on social media. We're checking in with other people. We're going back to that streaming service, whatever it is, where we have this unbelievable series that we're totally involved in, invested in, and never mind that it has 12 seasons and 30 episodes in each season. You're going to (laughs) be... putting lots of time into it because you are sucked in. You are drawn to it. And here we go, guys. We have freedom in Christ. So I am not laying down a law that entertainment is by any means sinful. Not at all. My only question is, how often do you open your Bibles? How often do you sit and talk to God? I think that we are just really getting into the habit of, like I said, every time there's an open second, we're on the phone and we are entertaining ourselves and we are really getting out of the habit of sitting before the Lord and being still. We are losing our sense of rest. So for instance, when you read the Bible, I have many times in the past been reading with a mission in mind. So, you know, I either have the goal of I'm going to read one chapter a day, 
or you know your Bible plan to get through the Bible in one year, so you have to do multiple chapters a day. And in the last several months, I've really stopped doing that and really begun meditating on the Word. I'm not trying to get through my Bible quickly anymore. I'm more or less reading and meditating on the words and, and praying as I'm in the Bible and saying, you know, Lord, what would you have me learn from these words? <laughs> what lesson do you want to point out so that I leave this time in the word changed? I want to see your perspective on things. I know my perspective and it pretty much stinks. I get things wrong an awful lot of times. So I'm here, I'm sitting with you, and I really just want your word to soak into my heart and change my life. Besides our relationship with God, I think we also sacrifice our relationships with the people in our lives because of this idol of entertainment. So for instance, you know, if one of my children um, turns on the TV the minute they have free time in between classes, and I come into the room and I want to say something to them, you know, they're pretty engrossed in whatever it is that they're watching. And so our conversation is either shortened or I can tell that they're not really into it. And I am equally guilty. A lot of times when I'm cooking, if I'm, um, I, I sometimes make several meals in one day. So I'll be cooking for three hours and doing, you know, multiple meals for the week. And I like to stream something from my phone while I'm doing it because it just makes the time go so much faster. And so when my kids walk into the the kitchen, you know, maybe they're just getting a glass of water so I don't I don't pause my phone, but I'm trying to get into the habit of anytime anybody walks walks in just stopping whatever is streaming so that I can engage in conversation with them if they want to. If they're just coming in to pick up something quickly, fine, not a problem. But I think we miss so much because we are engrossed in entertainment. And I've really seen it just as a problem lately, you know, since really COVID came about and we were at home more. I just realized how often that's our go-to. Number two. Man, this is something I saw and I recognized almost immediately. So in March, when we were asked to shelter in place, we were asked to stay home a little bit more. Kids were told to stay home from school. We really started to understand that before all this happened, we were plain and simply just too busy. There were rarely nights that we were all home at the same time because we filled our schedules up. We could go, so we went whether it was to do things with friends or there were church activities, there were sports, um, even going and watching other people play sports or just getting together, um, you know, as neighbors or, or doing different things. We filled up a lot of time and almost to the point that, you know, you didn't want to be at home. <laughs> there was a night at home we almost didn't know what to do with each other. And um, we, I really have seen how... We were going too hard and too fast at the expense, again, of our relationships and again of our maintenance of our house. So early on, my husband decided if we were going to be at home, we were not going to waste our time. So he wanted us to really take a look at things that needed to be done around the house and um, dig in. And so we did. You know, we, we tackled some pretty serious projects and 
continued all throughout the summer, really working hard. And what we realized is that our someday list of projects had continued to get longer and longer, but we were really never taking the time to stop to do those projects. So if, you know, my husband had a week off of work, A, a lot of times I wouldn't take that same week off. I would continue to work. Um, or B, we'd, we'd do something else entertainment-wise, or we would go somewhere and um, not work on our projects around the house. I remember my husband saying early on, Amber, if even if we have to stay at home for a year, we will not get all of our projects done. There's just no way. And I thought, ah, that's crazy. We'll be able to get them done. But here we are nine and a half months in, and we still have a lot of projects to do. I think he might be right. So that leaves me thinking, you know, what do I want to change? When things start opening up and we can do more things, what am I going to do to be more intentional about not filling up every single night? And I think one of the things that I really want to do is schedule time with our family. So I don't know exactly how that's going to work. It seems like a long ways off. And again, I have older kids, so they all have different work schedules. And so things can be kind of crazy. But, you know, I just think we need to have some time scheduled where we just say we're all going to be at home. And and we're going to spend some time as a family. We're going to eat together. We're going to have conversation. We're going to enjoy each other. We're going to catch up with each other's lives instead of getting so caught up in the hustle and the bustle. Number three thing that I've noticed this year, Jesus really is the answer to everything. I don't remember a year so full of turmoil. And I found myself realizing that when I needed peace, I couldn't find it very many places. You know, when I sit and turn on the news, I don't leave feeling very peaceful. A lot of times I go to social media and again, I turn it off after, you know, scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, and it doesn't leave me peaceful. And even, you know, streaming whatever series that I'm watching, a lot of times after I'm done, I'm not feeling calm. But Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. And really, I find the most peace after I've spent time in the word, after time praying, After Bible studies with friends, we've been doing a lot of those virtually this year, that's when I feel the most calm, the most at rest. Um, That shouldn't surprise me, and yet, for some reason, I kept looking for my peace somewhere else. When I'm worn out by my sin, you know, I fall into these pet sins over and over, and I think, tomorrow I'm going to do it differently, and then halfway through the day, I've already messed it up. And you know, I just have to go back to Jesus. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. You can't add anything to what I've done, Amber. You can't. It's finished. I paid the price. So you know what? Even if you keep falling into those pet sins, I've already paid for them. If you're feeling isolated, left out, left behind this year, um, boy, read the Gospels. Notice how Jesus always seemed to find the outcasts. He went to the woman at the well, the woman who had botched up all those marriages. He went to Zacchaeus, 
the tax collectors. Nobody liked tax collectors. He hung out with the prostitutes. He went to the demon-possessed men. He came to them. He loved them. He forgave them. And guess what? He does that for us too. He says he will never leave us. He is with us always. So even now, he continues to come to us in our isolation. And that brings me to my favorite name for God, Emmanuel, God with us. Everything changed because Jesus became one of us. He came to earth, he left heaven, and he really engaged in the struggle. He knows what it is to be human. He has felt the effects of sin and death. And then he lived and died on our behalf so that we don't have to stay in this mess. So as we look ahead to 2021, what I see is that if anything, I need more of Jesus. There is always going to be trouble in this world, and some years are going to be more tumultuous than others. But if Jesus is beside us, he is going to be our peace. He is going to be our strength. He is going to give us the wisdom to make good choices to get through the really hard times. So how do I get more Jesus? Well, it comes down to the Bible, really. It's a matter of spending time in the Word. And, you know, here's just a couple of ideas for getting into the Word. Read a psalm a day. So start at Psalm 1 on January 1st and read Psalm 1. Read a Proverbs. Read one of the Proverbs. There are 31 Proverbs. So if you read one proverb a day, um, by the end of January, you ha- will have read through the book of Proverbs. Pick a gospel and read one chapter a night. We are doing that right now with my family before Christmas. We are reading through the gospel of Luke. And it's just uh, spending time with Jesus and again, seeing how he treated other people, the things that mattered to him, and just letting that seep into us. To learn from him is amazing. And then recently, as I was exercising, I heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast that Pastor Mike did, and he was saying, you know, when it comes to the Bible, don't read it alone. And I thought that was the most amazing advice, because honestly, if you can get into a Bible study with other people, I cannot tell you enough how important that is, how that will change your life. They're going to see things in the Bible that you don't see. They are going to show you how it relates to them. They might know context that you haven't, you know, heard of before or that you haven't taken the time to understand and figure out. It really does change everything when you study the Bible with someone else. You know, the Acts 2 church did that so well. They were meeting together. They were um, praying together. They were sharing meals together. They were in the Word together. And they were growing in numbers every day because of it. It just, there's not just the fellowship component. There's the encouragement component. And as we know more about each other's lives, we are going to be actively involved in guiding one another and encouraging one another and praying for one another. And it really does make all the difference. I'm going to finish um, today just with 
the words, the lyrics of the song, He Who Is Mighty by Sovereign Grace. It's one of my favorite Christmas carols. It's a contemporary song, and it just really puts an exclamation point on God with us and what he did when he came to earth. It says this, Oh, the mercy our God has shown to those who sit in death's shadow. The sun on high pierced the night, born was the cornerstone. Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. He who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh, conquered death's sting, shattered the darkness, and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. Oh, the freedom our Savior won. The yoke of sin has been broken. Once a slave, now by grace, no more condemnation. Now my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in the God who saves. I will trust his unfailing love. I will sing his praises all my days. He who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh, conquered destiny, shattered the darkness, and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. May you have a blessed Christmas. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening this year. And I can't wait to join you again next week as we head into 2021.